Welcome to Always Listening. I am one of your hosts, Joel. Josh is not with us this week. As a matter of fact, he had some uh, family obligations come up, and uh, so we haven't been able to record our next regular review. I was going to just let the week skip by, and then we had a couple of requests in a row, different conversations come up in our Facebook group, and I thought I'd take advantage of those and put out this special episode this week. So if you're not interested in today's topic, don't feel bad about skipping this episode. Maybe it's not for you. But for those of you who have wondered, this might be right up your alley. What I'm going to talk about today is how we record and produce our show. I'm going to tell you about our gear. I'm going to tell you about my workflow and the process. I'm going to tell you about as many of the tools as I can as best as I can. Right now, you are hearing me recorded in uh, a professional radio studio. This is where I do my day job, and it's the studio where I've worked for about 12 years, 13 years now almost, since I've been in radio. And Josh and I have been recording in this studio from the very beginning, from all the way back before Pod on Pod even, which was the original version of Always Listening. Even before when we first started podcasting at all, we were doing a show called Two Guys, One Podcast. That show was recorded in this studio as well. Not this physical studio, but this rec- this radio station at least. And, and so in this studio, the hardware that we use is the following. First of all, I'm recording into a regular Windows PC. It's a, a Dell, this particular model, and I am using the Adobe Audition software. Generally, when we record here at the station, I'm recording into Adobe Audition. This is, I believe, 2.0. It's a very early edition. It's something that Uh, Most of the personnel here at the radio station really prefer over the newer versions of Adobe Audition, which are included in the Creative Cloud suite. That's the one that I really like. I like 2014. It's the one that I use on my machine at home, a CC 2014, and I have that that I use. Well, actually, I'm using CC 2015 now on my uh, personal work machine here, my editing bay. But in the recording studios, most of the salespeople and the other personnel around the station, they prefer this older version. So we stick with 2.0 and, and it just works easier for me to record it into that. And then I dump the file, the raw wave out into the other editing software that I prefer, which is the newer versions of Adobe Audition. Why do I use Adobe Audition? Because I knew how to use it and I had access to it from the very beginning. I know Audacity is the most common, uh, I think, used uh, program because it is free among podcasters anyway. And there are lots of other great pieces of software out there. I'll tell you in a little while about another piece of software that I've started using as far as editing goes when I'm on the go, when I'm using my iPad or my iPhone. We'll talk about that in a little while. But I do use Adobe Audition to record. What is my hardware here? We're using Shure SM7B mics. And I'm going to have all of this written up in a blog post you can find at joelsharpton.com slash life slash howipodcast. If you go to that address, you'll find my blog post where I'm going to link here the full details of the gear. But we do. We use Shure SM7B microphones. Those are dynamic microphones. They're very expensive or fairly expensive for your average podcaster, not so for a radio studio. About 350 you can find them on Amazon and and, uh, other Guitar Center and things like that. These are very, very common mics, and they're very popular for singers and musicians as well as podcasters and broadcasters too. I really like the tenor of my voice in this microphone. It's it's fully figured. I feel like it's got a lot of, um, I, I say it, it sexes up my voice a little bit. It gives it a little bit more bass tones, I feel like, and, and just in general gives me a more polished sound to my ear 
Now, I know a lot of podcasters and broadcasters prefer the Heil PR40. That's another very popular mic here in other studios. And sometimes you've heard me or Josh on this podcast, another podcast, you've heard us use an Electro Voice RE20, which is also a very common. That's another microphone that's very common in the radio business, very common in podcasting, and can be had at a, about the same rate, either the Heil PR40 or the Electro Voice. All of those are in that same market as the Shure SM7B. So those mics are run into a Mackie, a 14-channel mixer, a 1402 VLZ3 is what I'm using here. And that 14-channel mixer then runs the sound from there into a professional audio card in my Dell PC, and that's how I capture the audio. The room is treated. It is a professional recording studio. It's not 100% soundproof. This is our radio station is built into an old house, and so the house creaks. It's not perfect by any means. Our, our doors are not perfectly sealed, but we do have sound baffling in the room. There's a lot of foam on the wall, that sort of thing. The door is um, an extra thick door. You can't hear a lot from the hallway, and on the audio, because of the dynamic microphones that we use, you really can't hear anything from outside the studio generally unless they're being very, very loud. And even from uh, you know the far corner of the studio, if you get away from the microphones, a lot of times you can be lost. So that allows us to, to record a really clean sound for you. And then we take that and edit it together to try to produce a quality podcast for you. I know I'm an audio snob, and I know not everybody cares as much as we do about the way that the final product sounds. I know there are tricks and tools that I could add to my workflow or my tool bag that would make the sound even better than what we're doing now. But this is sort of the workflow I know. These are is the This is the gear that is at hand. And when you put those together, we were able to continue to put this show out to you at hopefully a very high quality. And, and, and so we're proud of it. So the next step is I'm going to record another little section like this from my home studio. And I'll be telling you about the gear that I use there. Josh and I have recorded one podcast so far in my home. And we're going to record two more as soon as we can get to together as we review uh, upcoming episodes are going to be about Grammar Girl, and you're going to hear my, that's right, I lost the episode of Trivial Warfare as Josh and I went head to head. You can hear that uh, if you go over and listen to Trivial Warfare for our Always Listening Grudge Match episode, but I lost, and so I do have a, a, um, a love poem uh, written to Rob Sesternino from Rob Has a Podcast, and you'll hear that in our Grammar Girl episode coming up soon. And then after Grammar Girl, we are going to be reviewing Limetown, and and then we'll try to get back on track for you. But I I hope this is helpful. So that's a little bit about uh, how we do things or how we used to do things and how we occasionally will do things still from the radio studio. Now let's go over to my home studio and let's talk about how I record there. And so now we continue. Here we are in my home studio and I'm going to walk you through real quick the equipment, first of all, the hardware that I'm using. So I set this up just at the, the first of the year, actually, when I made the decision to go. Uh, I'm now an independent contractor doing voice work and podcast production and editing uh, out of my home, doing audiobook narration and all of that stuff, as well as the radio job that I continue to do. I do all the same responsibilities, basically, that I had before. I just do a bunch of extra extra work now, too. So, But, but I decided to set up this studio at the house, and, and I'd been planning and working on this studio and this equipment for quite some time. So let me walk you through what I've actually got here. So the, the first thing is the ART USB Dual Pre. That's the USB audio interface that I use. And I first heard about this device 
well, I think I first heard about it even before Sean Smith, but Sean Smith was the first guy that I knew that really went to bat for the ART. Sean Smith, by the way, is the mobilepro.net, and he has recorded interviews and live performances and all sorts of things for years, 30 years, I think almost, 20 or 30 years, in all sorts of different circumstances all across the world. And in particular, he's fallen in love with uh, the idea of podcasting and the medium of podcasting for quick capture and then production and, and publishing of those interviews. He can do that from anywhere in the world and, and put it online, and he loves that. And he's got guides on his website where he talks you through recording, editing, publishing a show, a full podcast, only from an iOS device, for instance. And, and he shows you how to, how to do that with the minimal equipment. The ART USB Dual Pre is a device that he suggests because he says it's incredibly rugged. Uh, it can run off of a 9-volt battery. It can run off of USB power. It can work as a USB audio interface for your iPhone or your iPad if you get the USB adapter for the lightning plug. So anyway, it's, it's a very versatile device. For me, what I love about this, and this is what works great, is what the only real circumstance I'm going to use in my home, as far as our recording setup, is it's either going to be me and my wife or me and Josh. That's going to be the, the circumstance. So the ART USB Dual Pre allows for two full XLR, that's the standard sort of mic cable uh, inputs on the front of the device. And then I've got the USB output on the back that plugs in. I can monitor those with a headphone, uh, headphone jack, or I can monitor them to monitor speakers. And I can use it as a full USB audio interface for my computer as well. I can play my computer sound effects and movie sounds through that device into monitor speakers if I want. I don't have it set up that way right now, but I, but I could do that if I'd like. So that's my audio interface. The second thing that's really important is the microphone. And you heard me say in the studio, in the radio studio, that we use the Shure SM7Bs and we've got the Electro Voice RE20s as well. Those are, are both very, very common. The microphone that I use, I only know of one other podcaster who uses this microphone. And I don't know why, but because I really enjoy the sound. I love the sound. The price cannot be beat. Uh, we will see. I own the Audio-Technica ATR2100 USB and XLR mic. That's a very common mic amongst podcasters. Lots of folks suggest that mic. But that one I actually have, have passed on to Josh, and that's the mic that he uses in his home setup for when we're separate but trying to record a podcast uh, together. So when he's in his home and I'm here, he uses that Audio-Technica what I've got here is are, are two Pile Pro PDMI C58s. That's the Pile Pro 58. This is effectively a knockoff of the Shure S58, which is a very common mic you'll see in you know choral arrangements. And I mean, this is just sort of the roadie mic. It is a the Shure version of it, at least, is is very um, durable. You can throw it in a gear bag. You can drop it. You know, when you see a, a comedian or somebody drop the mic, a Shure 58 is probably what they're dropping. You know, that, that standard uh, standard microphone that you think of. The Pile Pro, this Pile uh, PDMI C58, is effectively a knockoff of that. But I think it's actually got 
a better overall sound. I, I read about this mic uh, in a review by Marco Arment. He's the creator of Instapaper. He was an early employee of Tumblr, and he also is the creator of Overcast, the podcasting app. He's the host or one of the hosts of the Accidental Tech Podcast, and he discussed this mic amongst many, many others in an exhaustive mic review blog that he posted. He reviewed all of the major mics, including the Audio-Technica ATR2100. He reviewed the Shure SM7B. He reviewed the Heil PR40. He reviewed, you know, so many of the mics that you hear podcasters and radio guys discuss all over the web. And this pile is one that, that he found. I, I can't remember where he, where he said he discovered it, but it's twelve ninety five on Amazon. Regularly, you can get a package of three of them for like forty five bucks or less, and, and, and in a carrying case, any even with you know foam padding and stuff like that. So I got two of those, and I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed. It is not as full and as rich and as deep a sound as the SM7B, the Shure SM7B. There's no doubt about that. But for my home recording for the nature of what I'm doing here, especially for the podcast. I think this is great. I really do. And you cannot beat the price. And even if they're not as durable, let's say, as the Shure 58s or the Shure SM7Bs, well, at $12 a pop, I can afford to buy several of them a year, can I? So so I've got two of those. Mine, the main mic, is mounted on a uh, flexible boom arm that is then attached to the shelf where my computer is. I use a standing desk situation here for my workspace in my bedroom. This is also my editing bay. And then the other mic is on a desk stand. And I bring that in and out of the closet as needed. Normally it's just me. I'm doing a little audiobook narration, doing a little voiceover work, doing a little commercial work or something, doing a little podcasting here. And so it's just going to be the boom mic. I can push that out of the way. Uh, it's fairly uh, you know, unobtrusive in our, what is our bedroom? I'm working out of my bedroom right now. So I'm very thankful for a wife that is flexible and understanding of my passion and, and you know, our pursuit of it together as a family. So anyway, uh, that's my basic setup here. The thing that doesn't change is audio, uh, Adobe Audition. I use Adobe Audition here at home to edit the show. Um, I'm using it right now to record. I'm using Adobe Audition 20, uh, CC 2015. And as I said earlier, I love it. I, I mentioned, I referenced a different piece of software for iOS that I have used and, and enjoy for editing. And that piece of software is called Ferrite. And it's from uh, a great developer, uh, a great Mac and iOS developer. And I've found it to be really, really intriguing and really just enjoyable as an audio editing you know, software. It's fully featured if you buy the in-app purchases. It's free for the trial. You can, you can, or I shouldn't say trial, but it's free for the basic version. And then there are two separate in-app purchases totaling 20 bucks, or at least they were as, at the time of my purchase, and well, well worth it. Some of the things that they add are the ability to do um, full multi-track editing sessions where you can, and uh, there is a limit, I'm sure, to the, to the number of tracks, but it's more than I've ever encountered uh, many, many tracks that you can add with separate, you know, settings and uh, EQs on separate tracks. You can set effects on separate tracks in that multi-track, and, and it's just very, very full-featured. But the swipe gestures are the thing that I like most about it. It is very, it, it's even though it is slower overall for rendering, 
because the processor is slower than my, you know, iMac that I use, and it's sometimes a little bit of a hassle because there's no real file system on the iOS devices, on the iPad and the iPhone. You got to go through Dropbox or iCloud or something like that to get the files into and out of your editor. Whereas on the Mac, it's it's just you know you open the file and there it is. Even with those hassles, I find that it is really enjoyable to lean back, so to speak, to sit in a chair or on the couch or to lay in bed even and to swipe through a piece of audio. So especially for audiobook narration, I found that I love to do it on the iOS and and iPad, the iPhone and the iPad with Ferrite. I love editing the books there. So if you do any audio editing, I would strongly suggest to you checking out Ferrite. You can try it for free and then add in the features if you find that it's useful to you. But but that is that's really the summation of my editing software and my editing process. I take the clips that we want to use in the show and Josh and I get those together with a spreadsheet. We send each other notes. We have a pre-format that we both use. Each of us is a little bit different. Our format is, but we send each other the notes that we're going to be using for our review. And those include timestamps for the clips. And so I cut those out by either downloading the file and editing it directly or recording it with a software, a piece of software called Audio Hijack from Rogue Amoeba. I use that sometimes. I'll just play the file in the web browser and just, you know, snag the portion that I need. But I take those clips and I edit them down, mix them in with our show. I edit out as many ums and ahs and stutters as I can to try to give the show a tighter flow and a more professional sound. And then I clip as many as I can any sound issues. Somebody bumping a chair or hitting the desk or, you know, a door opening or, or somebody yelling outside the studio, those sorts of things. I try to edit out as many of those as I can. A couple of you mentioned in our last episode where we reviewed You Must Remember This, which was our first episode recorded here at the house, some of you preferred the sound here versus the radio station. Some of you, though, did mention plosives, uh, i.e., you know, um, popping sounds. Uh, so if you say Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, uh, sometimes when you're recording your voice, those peas might really pop out at, a, out at you in an unpleasant manner. I, right now, I'm using a pop filter, and so hopefully those pops are not too bad. Josh, in our first recording in this studio, was not using a pop filter for his microphone. We have one now, so in our next recording, hopefully those will be a little bit better for you. But I I look forward to a lot of great shows recorded right here. I think this is going to give us some more flexibility, hopefully help us on the back end as far as production time and scheduling the actual recording sessions and uh, continue to give you a really great product. That's what this whole thing is about. I, I just want to continue to put out a great podcast, a bunch of great podcasts, but definitely for this one. So if you are on Facebook, we'd love to have you join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash always listening pod. You can find us there. We're on Instagram now too. Too, by the way, just search for Always Pod on Instagram and uh, like us there and share us with your friends. Review the show uh, if you can. We're just about to cross over 100 reviews, and I cannot say thank you enough to all the folks who have chipped in there. As a matter of fact, in uh, well, you know what? I'm going to read some right now. 
two really nice reviews in the last uh, couple of days, and I, I haven't mentioned either one of them here on the show, so now's as good a time as any to get to that. Let's talk about these two reviews for just a second and just say thank you. Uh, this comes from the Thespionage, I believe is how you'd say that, uh, honest and fair reviews of a variety of podcasts. It's such a shame that there are so many one-star reviews on here. I agree with you, buddy, because fans of other podcasts they reviewed unfavorably are butthurt. Uh, Sure, no one's perfect, but I think these guys are finding their groove and taking on a large variety of shows and doing their best to be objective. They acknowledge that even though a show may not be their cup of tea, there are many that may like it. Give it a try, and even if they don't like something you do, maybe you can learn from their perspective as well. Thanks so much for that. And this one comes in from Mark Bologna, the host of the Beyond Bourbon podcast, uh, all about New Orleans. If you're planning a trip uh, to New Orleans or if you just love the city, if you used to live there like I did, Check out the Beyond Bourbon Street podcast from Mark Bologna. Uh, But he reviewed the show as well. He says, excellent podcast review show. Josh and Joel do a great job exposing the listener to different podcasts. I enjoy their conversational style. I also like that they each sample a couple of episodes of the shows they are reviewing. I think the early criticisms are unfair. These guys have worked hard to refine their show and improve. It's an enjoyable listen regardless of whether you agree with their opinions. Looking forward to future episodes. I'm looking forward to future episodes of the Beyond Bourbon podcast. Mark? So thank you for that, and uh, thank you for your reviews. Thanks to everybody who shares the show. Thanks for everybody who just continues to download and listen. I promise Josh will be back soon, and that means we'll be back. Always listening to Grammar Girl next here on the Always Listening Podcast. Until then, I've been your host, Joel, and this is Always Listening. Listening is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find more great reviews and our full list of episodes by searching for Always Listening in iTunes or Stitcher. Or go to blogtalkradio.com slash always listening pod. Find us on Facebook and Twitter as well, Always Listening Pod, and email the show, always listening pod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Enough by Bethany Raber.
two guys and a rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is The Network.